Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humble, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, Invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. You know, lately, if you turn on the news, there's a common phrase that's been throwing, thrown around. All news, right? And the phrase is quid pro quo. Quid pro quo this, tat, right? You're wondering, what does that mean? Well, in Latin, it literally means something for something. Quid pro quo. I give you something in return, you do me a favor. It's a trade, right? Between two parties. A favor or an advantage in return for something. We live a life of quid pro quo. I serve you so that you can serve me back. I invite you so that you will invite me back. We live a life of exchanges and trades, and perhaps we can't run away from it. This is how we live. But sometimes we are motivated primarily by this life of quid pro quo. Right? I only invite certain guests. Why? Because there are people of honor and respect. There are the rich. There are the influencers. And if I invite them, then I will become part of their circle. I, in return, gain something. Quid pro quo. I marry this person. I date that person. Why? Because in return, I receive something of equal value, if not more. Quid pro quo. Here's Jesus going to a dinner party while the Pharisees, what, are watching him carefully. And Pharisees often do this. They chase around Jesus and his disciples, watching carefully. And in this passage, Luke 14, they're watching carefully once again because they want to know when Jesus will make his mistake. Pharisees live a life of quid pro quo, and they cannot seem to get out of it. So when they get together and in a dinner banquet, you sit at the high place of honor, of respect, 
where all will look at them and say, man, they, they are meaningful people. And when Jesus sees this, he tells a parable, as he always does. Sometimes it's confusing when he tells these parables, and you scratch your heads, but this one is pretty straightforward. When you throw a dinner party, don't sit at the high seat of honor, although you can. Maybe you are invited to sit there, but lower yourself, humble yourself, and sit down here among the marginalized, among those who are pushed away, among those in your society who are called the low people, the unwanted people, the forgotten people. Jesus pushes back against our life and thoughts of quid pro quo. You want something for something, don't we? We live a life exchange where I give you this, I want in return much more. That's what it means to succeed in this life. So we live every day in our homes, in our work, in our relationship, even in our church, looking for the best deal possible where I put in this much and in return I receive this much. For some of us, our spiritual lives are quid pro quo. We give God, God, I'm going to pray this much. I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to come to church every Sunday and in return, I want to receive something Will you be gracious? Give me something more than I deserve. And every day we wake up and we make a deal, an exchange, a trade, a life of quid pro quo. But then here comes Jesus, who basically says, yeah, you know the whole quid pro quo thing, something for something, exchange, trades, that really doesn't work in the kingdom of God. So he says, go sit over there, though you belong here. Don't invite your friends. Don't invite the rich. Don't invite the powerful. Not that in face value that's wrong. It's wrong because he sees our hearts in why we invite those into our life because we want to gain something for something. And he says, don't invite them. Why? Because I know your heart. You want to receive something in return, and they will give it to you. So you invite others. The lame, the crippled, the marginalized, those who are unseen and unwanted, those who are hurt among you that we want to neglect, invite them. In the kingdom of God, in this passage, Jesus Christ teaches us what it means to be a community. Specifically, he's teaching us what it means to belong. To belong. Another word in Scripture for belongingness or to belong is communion. To gather together. To spiritually, physically gather together. What is Jesus saying about belongingness in Luke 14? He says, those who are just like us, 
you're already belong. So we reach outside of our comfort zone. That's what belonging is. A researcher, a professor at University of Houston named Brenna Brown, she's all over TED Talks and you can Google her and read her books. She's done life research on belongingness and vulnerability and what it means to be a community. Now, her research isn't Christian, but behind it, I believe there is a biblical Christian message. She says that to belong, our desire to belong to a group that will accept us and love us and care for us is irreducible. It is essential that every human being, no matter who you are, of different race, different age, different gender, it does not matter. We all are born with this deep, deep, deep desire to belong. But she also explains, unfortunately, because we have this deep desire to belong, and yet we don't often what we do is we try to fit in. There's a difference between belonging and fitting in. Belonging is where you, be, you are accepted for who you are. Fitting in is belonging in this group, becoming part of this group because we want you to be just like us. In Brenna Brown's words, she puts it this way. If I get to be me, I belong. If I have to be like you, I fit in. If I get to be me, if I can truly be who I am and who God has created me to be, with all the great things and all the brokenness, right? All the clean things and dirty things that I bring as a human being, if you bring me into your community and I can still be me, then I belong. But if you force me and if you nudge me and you push me to become part of your community, but I have to be just like you, then I'm fitting in. Church, New Mercy, are we a church that helps others to belong or are we a church that helps others to fit in? Are we busy creating a community, small groups, Large groups, worship, praise, and prayer where we say, look, in this environment, you belong. You can be who you are. You can be who you are and who God has created you to be. All the amazing things and brokenness, you come as who you are, and we will love you and care for you and commit to you so you belong. Or are we busy being a community, trying to force others to fit in? Oh, you, you can come here. Come here to our small group. Come to our church. We love broken things. But you have to be broken this particular way, and then you can be part of our church. It, you, you have to look this way, and then you can be part of our church. You have to. You must. You should. Then you become part of us. That is fitting in. In kingdom language, Jesus rejects fitting in. He wants us to be a community where we belong. 
Some of us live for something, something. Even spiritually, we think in terms of quid pro quo. Say, God, I will give you this, and in return, you give me this. And therefore, we live it out. We treat others the same, and we forget that the cross that God has given us, the cross, the, the pain and the suffering that Jesus went through, and the resurrection after the cross is the very reason why we get to call each other family. Not because of what you've done, not because you're so amazing, not because you constantly come before God and strive to be good. That is all great things God wants, but it is in response to the goodness what God has done in the cross. Therefore, we receive God's love and grace freely because it is given to us through the generosity of our King. The gospel message at the center is not something for something. It is you did nothing, but you get something. It's a life of generosity. It's a life that embraces others, not to force them to be like us, but we love them and care for them to help them belong. We are starting this community month not to make other people fit in here in our community. Patty's story is not exactly our story, is it? Your story is not exactly my story. But we gather together on a Sunday worship and we say, brother, sister, I really love you. God died on the cross for you. We are new mercy and we love each other. That's gospel-centered belongingness. And my challenge to you, everyone today, is are we really doing that? Some of us are. Some are not. Some of our lives, some parts and portions of our lives, we strive to help other belong in this communion as one family. And some portions of our lives, we are fighting to make others fit into our lives. So today, Jesus gathers us and teaches us through Luke 14 what it means to belong. What does he say? Verse 10. But when you are invited to a banquet, take the lowest place, even though you are an honored guest who can sit at the highest place. Verse 13. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, even though they cannot repay you. Because you will be blessed. Jesus says, humble yourself. Be gracious. Be generous. Help others to belong. You know, a few years ago, uh, there's a Barna study. Uh, uh, this is a national, national-wide survey that goes out. And the question for this national survey was this. What is the phrase you most long to hear? What is the phrase you most long to hear? You know what the top three were? One, you can guess it. What do you want to hear? What do you think people want to hear the most? One, I love you. Two, I forgive you. Three, dinner is ready. And now the researchers are scratching their heads like, this doesn't make any sense. Why? Because we need love. We need forgiveness. 
but we need to be sustained. We need to feed our bodies and souls. And so rightly so, Jesus always teaches us lessons, I feel like, over a meal, like today. Meal is an intimate time because we are feeding our body and our souls. It's an intimate time because we don't want to be uncomfortable when we eat. I don't want to invite the marginalized and those who are outside, those I don't know, those I feel comfortable with. But this is exactly what's going on in Luke 14. Jesus sees the hearts of the Pharisees and says, I see your sinfulness. You want others to fit in. But this is not the church. This is not a community. Community of God's spirit, of God's love, and God's grace is one that invites others who are different and say, you belong here, not because who you are, not because of who I am, but what God has done for us. May we become a community that says, dinner is ready. Dinner is ready. Or for us, I guess, breakfast is ready. But, it's a breakfast of belongingness. And we are to practice it. Anytime we share a meal or intimate times with others, I hope you think about this passage and you stretch yourself to think, am I being a person that's helping others to belong or am I forcing others to fit in? May we become a community that helps everyone here and beyond to belong to the family of Jesus Christ. I pray that New Mercy will become a community or continually strives to be a community to do that. Let us pray.